Hey everybody, C-Note here. Welcome to the C-Note Audio Extravaganza. This is your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, and this is the show that is like the extra bag of Doritos that falls from the vending machine. Exciting. It's a good time. It's probably one of the most exciting times in someone's life when you accidentally have something fall from the vending machine. You get double, double the things. That usually feels pretty good. You just, you don't see that coming. It just falls and you're like, oh, lucky day. Oh, my lucky stars. This is good. You know, if you're in the South, maybe there are vending machines everywhere, but specifically that character was in the South. Maybe he's from Louisiana. There's something like that, right? There's a little bit of a, I don't know. I got to practice my different Southern accents. I'm actually really fascinated by Southern accents. Uh, They're very similar to... um, to British accents in the sense that there are just so many different regional ones that it's just, it's fascinating. You know, most people do like a standard Southern accent, like a Texas, like Texas, ah, Southern accent. Um, but I think there are just so many different ones. You know, you think of like Matthew McConaughey and um, like a Mississippi draw. Louisiana, <laughs> things like that. It's just, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Anyway, so today, um, I've been through a lot of shit lately, so I apologize if my energy is generally a lot lower than normal. Um, there are some tight deadlines, there's a lot of personal things going on, which I will touch on at some point. It's just, I'm in the middle of it, so I don't want to... I don't want to give some half-baked explanation as to what's really going on. So, um, once that's kind of worked out, then I think I'll talk about it more in a very special episode. Like, one of those one-hour, like, ABC special episodes. Like, one-hour emotional episode of Grey's Anatomy. You know, one of those deals. Um, except this is not Grey's Anatomy. I do not sleep with doctors. Not currently. <laughs> That's not what happens. Um, so today I wanted to talk about um, a very—it's a very interesting, difficult topic. So um, I don't know. Trigger warning? I don't. Probably not. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really do that sort of thing. Though I just did. So whatever. Um, we're going to talk about emotional abuse today. So just giving you a heads up. If it's too heavy of a topic, you're welcome to move on. I'll catch you tomorrow. (laughs) But today I wanted to talk about emotional abuse in relationships and parent-child situations. Um, Again, I am not an expert. This is just me spitballing from my experience and sort of talking about how it's affected me and my decisions or lack thereof um, and how it's sort of like can create a Stockholm Syndrome situation where you feel kind of stuck or used to a feeling in a situation and despite it being incredibly unhealthy, you kind of get used to that unhealthiness and um, it's difficult to find a way out. So um, with that, we're going to talk about emotional abuse today. I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. I have no plan. I just wanted to talk about it. So without further ado, let's start the show. Please! <laughs> 
Okay, so I hope you guys are having a good day on this uh, Tuesday, this Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday is always the best time of the week when I actually get tacos. Uh, I had a taco last night, so um, maybe getting tacos today would be greedy of me, but who knows, whatever. Don't care. Tacos are delicious. So I will take tacos at any time of the week. That is, that is how I roll. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> let's start by defining emotional abuse. Uh, not an official definition. Again, not official things. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who's dealt with a lot of shit. <laughs> so, this is me just speaking from my angered heart. Um, emotional abuse is essentially a method of someone maintaining control over you whether it be in a relationship or family dynamic. Um, they'll often manipulate your feelings, emotions, your environments, the people around you. Um, often it involves guilt tripping um, and any kind of emotional manipulation or wording to try to get you to fall in line uh, and do what they want you to do, essentially. Emotional abuse often involves negative connotations, um, negative phrasing, and slow destruction of someone's character. Um, often backhanded jabs at who you are uh, as a person. They'll sometimes even sound nice while they're doing it. Talking to someone else about you, and then they make an offhanded comment about Oh, you don't, he doesn't like to go anywhere, <laughs> or whatever. Um, I don't know why I keep doing a southern accent, but I don't know, it's just my go-to, I suppose. Um, someone pointed that out to me on, at an improv, and it makes me want to, like, not do that anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I'm very, um, I don't know, I'm very, I'm very aware of my patterns and often like to break them. I don't want to be predictable. But, I don't know, sometimes I've got, like, middle little mannerisms that stay, that's fine. I don't want to lose my identity, but at the same time, I want to try new things. So when it gets to the point where people start to notice that I go to something or always do something, I try to be aware of it and try to change it up. Anyway, um, more about emotional abuse. Um, it's it's just often a very... It's, al it's always very subtle. It, it's something that happens over time. Uh, someone will start to kind of pick at you, essentially, and start expecting things of you. Uh, sometimes it's it, sometimes it's rife with insecurity. It's, it's often the other person. Sometimes there's psychological things going on, you know. Um, uh, I think maybe Purse can speak to this because often borderline personality disorder types have a, a track record of doing this sort of thing. Um, so maybe she can correct me on whether or not that's true. Um, and I invite you, Purse, please call in. Uh, this is an interesting topic, <laughs> and um, I'm kind of stumbling through it, but emotional abuse is something I've dealt with um, in various situations in life. Um, often people just want you to do what they want you to do, uh, and, and I think a lot of us experience it very subtly without realizing it. Um, people trying to get you to fall in line, people trying to get you to... to appease their emotions 
Um, and will often not take you for, take you seriously, um, take you for serious. <laughs> and, um, they won't really listen to who you are as a person. They won't respect your feelings. Uh, and often will throw it back at you. They won't take any responsibility for who they are as a person. Um, and it's all about knocking you down to their level. You know, there's a difference between lifting someone up to be there with you or uh, lifting yourself up to elevate yourself to another person's level. Um, it's something completely entirely to knock them down to see eye to eye with you. You know, almost like you don't want them to fly away, that sort of thing. And I think a lot of people get scared of that um, when it comes to relationships or family dynamics. And they keep people in check by knocking them down a peg, telling them they're not as great as they think they are, stuff like that. And that sucks. Okay, so I'm gonna quickly kind of read safely <laughs> and quickly this definition of emotional abuse. One definition of emotional abuse is any act, of, any act including confinement, isolation, verbal assault, humiliation, intimidation, infantilization, or any other treatment which may diminish the sense of identity, dignity, and self-worth. I could have probably read that first and saved an entire segment, but whatever. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, I gotta switch apps here. Okay, so with that, it, isolation is a big one, particularly in relationships. Uh, it'll often be a situation where um, girls just want to have fun is actually a good good example of that by Cindy Lauper. She talks about uh, you know confining her and keeping her away from the world. Um, a lot of a lot of men will do that as a protective means to keep someone away from the world. Really, both sexes do that, um, where to appease their insecurities, they'll often keep the other person from interacting with people, uh, and will not not encourage them to go make friends, or if they try to make friends or disappear for a certain amount of time, there's often a freak out. Um, and checking in, there's often a lot of invasion of privacy, things of that nature. Uh, the infantilization one kind of stuck out to me. Uh, that's something I see happen from wives to husbands, but I mean, again, it's another thing that happens with both sexes. Uh, I'm only speaking from a level of bias because I am a husband. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you'll get that whole, there's a reason I really hate when you see those memes that speak to like, oh, my husband, he's just another child. <laughs> like that's, that's stupid. <laughs> um, you know, even if he is like a person that is not taking care of himself, you should work towards, you know, helping him be a better person or vice versa when it's the other way around. Um, you should be helping the other person trying to be better. And if they don't allow themselves to be better, then you move on. But um, often the infantilization is just continued, like, you're a child. 
type of behavior and diminishing of character, that sort of thing. I'm going to pull up that definition again, see what I'm missing. Uh, intimidation, humiliation. Um, yeah, intimidation and humiliation. Often just like publicly embarrassing them. Um, I've had that happen quite a few times, actually, uh, where there's been a sort of just like offhanded comment about my character, um, you know, discussions about like how I hate something or don't like something and really just kind of repeated focus on the negative and sort of making me out to be a, a bad person. That's never a good feeling at all. Um, verbal assault is another one where it's just continued badgering uh, about who you are as a person, a lot of name calling, that sort of stuff. Like it always drives me mad when I hear about relationships where the couples are like openly like saying F you to each other. How do you have any kind of a relationship where you can say that to each other? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. There's zero respect there. Uh, that, that, I just don't follow that. Maybe there's something I'm missing, but um, it, it's it's just a lack of respect for the other person. It's such a such a focus on yourself and making sure that the situation, the person, is falling into like your needs and what, or falling into their needs rather, and and the situation is is appeasing who they are as a person and ignoring the needs and characterization of the other person. Um, you know, it's just a diminishing of self-worth and making you feel like nothing. That is not a good feeling. And I just, it's not, it's not good at all. So I know I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> There's not really a point here. I think I, I'm going to see if I can find an example or two for the next segment. Okay, so I'm going to hold off on um, the examples because I want to wait till I get to Starbucks so I can sit in the parking lot and actually read some stuff to you. Um, but for now, I wanted to kind of talk about how it's personally affected me because for a long time there have been, you know, that, that self-worth aspect is huge. Like, it's, you know, emotional abuse is about maintaining control. Control because the other person has experienced some sort of personal trauma or hasn't learned um, coping me mechanisms or how to have a proper relationship with someone. So they feel like relationships are about controlling each other. And that's just not how it is. Unfortunately, a lot of pop culture and society reinforces that behavior. And there's a certain expectation that relationships are about control knowing where someone is and knowing what they're doing all the time and knowing who they're talking to and, um, you know, this constant reinforcement of, of devotion, um, even when there isn't that, um, you know, not being honest with each other and masking our true feelings and allowing, not only allowing ourselves to be controlled, but kind of enabling that behavior. And that's a big that's a bigger wide-scale problem. Um, I don't ignore the fact that there's a 50% divorce rate. It seems like there's a big igno ignorance to that. <laughs> it's like that is a bigger problem than we, we're acting like it is. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a cultural thing. That's a big cultural problem. Uh, and that's affecting people's 
how people tolerate each other or, or the decisions that people are make, making about each other, the expectations of relationships, um, the molding of what relationships are uh, uh, or, or what they should be. It's kind of fascinating to really think about that. Um, for me, I, I felt pretty low. I got to this point, basically self, the self-worth attack really just makes you feel like you're crazy. Um, that any kind of discussion had about your feelings ends up getting thrown back at you. Uh, and you, you are basically made to be crazy. Um, that your desire for healthy communication and a healthy relationship is a crazy endeavor. <laughs> like it's nuts to expect someone to be open with you and to not get mad at you for expressing who you are. Um, and to not have to walk on eggshells and worry about when or what someone else is going to freak out about. Um, it's, it's truly a fascinating thing um, to, to experience. Uh, and it's so hard to realize when you're in it. You know, when you're either the quote-unquote victim or the person who's doing it, um, it's hard to notice. Often those things are very subtle. You know, I've... I've it's hard to say without getting into specific examples because I don't want to do that. Um, you know, there there are situations where somebody will change their behavior uh, in a means to get you to, to go further than you should in a relationship. Meaning, I always feel like a relationship should be at least 50-50. If anything, I would say it may be skewed 60-40 towards the male putting in a little bit more effort because, you know, I just think highly of women and... I think all men should think highly of women, so um, I, I think 60-40 is fair. <laughs> um, but essentially, 50-50 in a relationship sounds like that would be much more healthy. Um, often these emotional abusive relationships kind of force the other person to go 90-10 um, and just sort of withhold affection, um, withhold, and withhold things to kind of... Um, smoke them out, kind of, and get the other person to freak out and, and not feel like they're valued, to make them feel like they're less of a person, so that they crave the affection of the person that is abusing them. It's nuts, right? But it's true. That's what happens. That's how it is. They, they trick you into wanting them. <laughs> they trick you into needing them. And... That's just madness, because that's not healthy. It's a means of like diminishing who you are to make them feel better. And why is that my problem? Why is that our problem? That's the crazy part. So I'll take a few minutes, get to Starbucks, and read some examples. Okay, so it's going to take me a minute to get to Starbucks, so I'm just going to skip to the end segment and... Um, that I'll come back and post the um, reading of this article that I think is interesting. So um, I want to talk about how you can combat emotional abuse. Uh, one way is to get help, talk to a therapist, and concentrate on rebuilding your support system, emotional support. Whether that's coworkers, um, new friends, find a meetup group, go to, uh, I started by going to improv, um, Finding like-minded people who respect and appreciate you. Um, 
do a little bit of research on what emotional support or emotional abuse is. That way you can see a lot of the signs and find out how to, how and when to stand up for yourself and realize that you are feeling like less of a person um, and how to regain your sense of self. Often you just kind of become a shell of who you are and it is a process of kind of learning who you are again and regaining a certain level of self-respect and individualism uh, that that takes some time to do and often the help of therapy um, with the caveat that yeah that is what your um, your your road is your path is to recover from an emotional abusive relationship or finding a way to get out of an emotionally abusive relationship um, at really setting the wheels in motion to to make that better uh, I I don't know if I've ever heard of a case where um, someone's been able to fix an emotionally abusive person I, I actually don't know that's in, uh, something interesting that I would be curious to look into or hear about or know because I don't I don't think it's something that you can fix like if you're the person who is the quote-unquote victim um, and you're dealing with an emotionally abusive person, I don't, it's not on you to fix them. So that's, that's an important thing to know. It's not, it's not your doing. It's not your problem. It's not your thing. It's not your, you're not this knight in shining armor. You don't have to, you don't have to make them better and you can't. Uh, I think it's hard for someone like me who is very persistent and I want to help people. This is why I do this on Anchor. This is why I talk about this stuff because I want to help people work through things and discover uh, their own um, difficulties and solutions to the problems that they're facing. Uh, and someone, someone like me or other empaths, people who are very empathetic to others, um, who are often trying to help people, are kind of susceptible to the emotionally abusive types because we it, it's just this like googly eyes like oh you're we want to help you you know sort of thing and uh they feed off of that and take advantage of that and before you know it you're not even the same person anymore so that that's tricky and difficult um so doing proper research i think is really good um to look for the signs and i would even maybe even run experiments it sounds manipulative but um try to maybe change your behavior a little bit and see how that affects their behavior towards you. Meaning, if you're aware, if you're self-aware enough to realize who you were as a person and start to re-exhibit those behaviors of who you were, just your personality traits. I don't mean doing anything bad or negative or manipulative towards them, but I mean just doing more of the things that you feel like you would naturally want to do and not doing them to appease the other person. Uh, and see how, see what the result of that is, you know, um, going out more or going to do things that you want to do, uh, working on things you want to work on, um, or just spending more time alone and without them and see, see what happens there. I think that could be kind of interesting, but also maybe consult a therapist before you do that sort of thing, because they could kind of give you a little bit of guidance of how to how to test that out and see how that works and, and give you an idea of what to look for. Um, uh, it can be trippy. It can be trippy. It can be tricky because often 
if you have a very tight social circle and there's a, a Venn di diagram or an overlap of who you are as people, um, they could have an influence on the people around you and turn them against you, kind of create a mob mentality. It's called mobbing when they basically turn other people against you. And that could happen too, so be careful of that. Hopefully this will help you. Okay, so traffic is not moving, so I'm going to read some of this article while I'm not moving. <laughs> uh, what is emotional abuse? It involves a regular pattern of verbal offense, offense, threatening, bullying, and constant criticism, as well as more subtle tactics like intimidation, shaming, and manipulation. Emotional abuse is used to control and dominate the other person, and quite often it occurs because the abuser has childhood, childhood wounds and insecurities they haven't dealt with perhaps as a result of being abused themselves. They didn't learn healthy coping mechanisms or how to have positive, healthy relationships. Instead, they feel angry, hurt, fearful, and powerless. Male and female abusers tend to have rates of person personality disorders, including borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder. Although emotional abuse doesn't always lead to physical abuse, physical abuse is almost always preceded and accompanied by emotional abuse. The victim of the abuse quite often doesn't see the mistreatment as abusive. They develop coping mechanisms of denial and minimizing in order to deal with the stress. But the effects of long-term emotional abuse can cause severe emotional trauma in the victim, including depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. If you aren't sure what constitutes this damaging behavior, here are 30 signs of emotional abuse. How they, they humiliate you, put you down, or make fun of you in front of other people. They regularly demean or disregard your opinions, ideas, suggestions, or needs. They use sarcasm or teasing to put you down or make you feel bad about yourself. They accuse you of being too sensitive in order to deflect their abusive remarks. They try to control you and treat you like a child. They correct or chastise you, chastise you for your behavior. You feel like you need permission to, to make decisions or go out somewhere. They try to control the finances and how you spend money. They belittle and trivialize, trivialize you your accomplishments and your hopes and dreams. They try to make you feel as though they are always right and you are wrong. They give you disapproving and contemptuous body uh, looks or body language. They regularly point out your flaws, mistakes, or shortcomings. They accuse you of blaming... Sorry, I'm gonna put you on the thing here. <laughs> they accuse you uh, or blame you of things that you know aren't true. They have an inability to laugh at themselves and can't tolerate others laughing at them. They are intolerant of any seeming lack of respect. They make excuses for their behavior, try to blame others, and have difficulty apologizing. They repeatedly cross your boundaries and ignore your requests. They blame, blame you for your problems, life difficulties, and unhappiness. They call you names, give you unpleasant labels, or make cutting remarks under, under their breath. They are emotionally distant or abuse, emotionally unavailable most of the time. They resort to pouting or withdraw to get attention or attain what they want. They don't show you empathy or compassion. They play the victim or try to deflect blame to you rather than taking personal responsibility. They disengage or use neglect or abandonment to punish or frighten you. They don't seem to notice or care about your feelings. They view you as an extension of themselves rather than an individual. They withhold sex as a way to manipulate and control. They share personal information about you with others. They invalidate or deny their emotional abusive behavior when confronted. They make subtle threats or negative remarks with the intent to frighten or control you. Still got a minute and a half. Let's keep going. 
choices. Uh, okay, what immediate action can you take? Here are some strategies for reclaiming your power or self-esteem. Put your own needs first. Stop worrying about pleasing or protecting the abuser. Take care of yourself and your needs and let other the other person worry about themselves, even when they pout or try to manipulate you or control your behavior. Set some firm boundaries. Tell your abuser he or she may no longer yell at you, call you names, put you down, be rude to you, etc. If the bad behavior occurs, let them know you will not tolerate it and leave the room and get in the car and drive to a friend's house. Don't engage. If the abuser tries to pick a fight or win an argument, don't engage with anger over explaining yourself or apologizing to try to soothe him or her. Just keep quiet and walk away, realizing you can't quote-unquote fix them. Can't make this person change or reason your way into the hearts and mind, their hearts and minds. They must want to change and recognize the destructive quality of their behavior and words. You will only feel worse about yourself in the situation by repeated interventions. You are not to blame. You have been entrenched in an abusive relationship for a while. It can be crazy. It can be crazy making. You start to feel like something must be wrong with you since the other person treats you so poorly. Begin to acknowledge to yourself that this is not real. This is the first step toward rebuilding your self-esteem. Seek support. Talk to trusted friends and family or a counselor about who you are going, what you are going through. Get away from the abusive person as often as possible. I'm going to finish the rest of the article because I think it's important. So, um, more things that you can do to help yourself. Uh, seek support, which is the last thing I said. Uh, get away from the abusive person as often as possible. Spend time with those you love and support you. This support system will help you feel less alone and isolated while you still contend with the abuser. Develop an exit plan. You can't remain in an emotionally abusive, abusive relationship forever. If, uh, hold on, dealing with traffic things. <laughs> um, begin saving money, looking for a place to live, and planning for a divorce if necessary so you can feel more control and empowered. Can you change an emotional abuser? It is possible if the abuser deeply desires to change and recognizes his or her own abusive patterns and the damage caused by them. However, the learned behaviors and feelings of entitlement and privilege are very difficult to change. The abusers tend to enjoy the power they feel from emotional abuse, and as a result, a very low percentage of abusers can turn themselves around. If the emotional abuser in your relationship isn't interested in changing, and you aren't in a position to leave the relationship immediately, here are some strategies for reclaiming your power and self-esteem for in the short term. I've got to get out of this intersection. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, one second. Sorry. This is not good radio. According to Lundy Bancroft, author of the book, Why Does He Do That? Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men, here are some of the changes an abuser, either men or women, uh, need to change, need to make to begin recovery. Admit fully to what they have done. Stop making excuses and blaming. Make amends. Accept responsibility and recognize that abuse is a choice. Identify the patterns of controlling behavior they use. Identify the attitudes that drive their abuse. Accept the overcoming abusiveness is a decades-long process and not declaring themselves quote-unquote cured not demanding credit for improvements they've made, not treating improvements as vouchers to spend on occasional acts of abuse. Quote, example, I haven't done anything like this in a long time, so it's not a big deal. Develop respectful, kind, and supportive behaviors. Carry their weight and sharing power. 
change how they respond to their partners or former partners' anger and grievances, change how they act in heated conflicts, accept the consequences of their actions, including not feeling sorry for themselves about the consequences, and not blaming their partner or children for them. Emotional abuse is a form of brainwashing that slowly erodes the victim's self, sense of self-worth, and security and trust in themselves and others. In many ways, it is more detrimental than physical abuse because it slowly disintegrates one's sense of self and personal value. Cuts to the core of your essential being, which can create lifelong psychological scars and emotional pain. If you are seeing some red flags of emotional abuse, click this link, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and I can actually post the link in the description here. So if you are dealing with that, that's maybe an out for you. So um, with that, I'm going to end this podcast. I hope you I hope you learned something good um, uh, to help you through your situation. Hopefully you're not dealing with this because it is a very, very, very difficult thing to deal with um, because it's often attached to someone that you love and you care about. And that's what is ultimately the difficult part. You've shared some of your life with this person. You care about them. You respect them. And you want them to be, you want them to not be like this. Um, and that's the heartbreaking aspect of it all is like you, you, you feel deceived, but you also feel like it's not fair that they're like this. You know, you don't want them to be this person. You don't want to go through a divorce or go through any kind of separation or, or have to separate yourself from a parent or anything like that. Um, for me, I've had repeated things like this and I've constantly run to support systems and uh, Anchor has been that for me. So I really appreciate that everyone has been um, so nice to me and um, loving and accepting of who I am as a person because this is who I am. This is me. This is my most raw self, as it were. And um, for that, I'm grateful that people are willing to listen and enjoy it. And hopefully you'll get something from it and be able to grow as an individual. So um, emotional abuse is a big topic. If you have something you'd like to contribute, um, I'm going to look around Anchor and see if anyone else is talking about this and share it. I'll do my best. Um, or if you just want to call in and say hi, I'll post that too. So with that, um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you for listening. And uh, rival my design on social channels if you want to chat with me there. Um, otherwise, I'll talk to you next time.